It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is Thursdays. This is the Thursday edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you don't already subscribe to the show, do Mo and I a favor. Give us the Christmas gift that keeps on giving, which, of course, is subscribing to the show, turning on auto download. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for being in there and being on the live chat. Make sure you also subscribe. Hit the notifications bell there as well. Mo is a national writer covering the NFL for Bleacher Report. He also is the Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten. That's M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And I am at L-V Gully on Twitter. So get on there, interact with us. If you're a hater, I don't care. Um, and we'll have fun with you anyway, because we I, love everybody. Quick interjection. Um <laughs> <laughs> Since you bring up Twitter, please, yeah. if you're on Twitter, I don't know if anyone has seen this, but they now have sardine-flavored candy canes. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, they have brisket-flavored candy canes. Brisket? Please, yes. Brisket and sardine-flavored candy canes are out now. Dude. If you are sharing that on Twitter, please unfollow me or don't follow me or just block me because I will block you if I have to because that is an atrocity. Those well, are... Christmas atrocities the, that is that is and it just goes to show you for those of you who do have uh, a faith of some sort uh, I happen to be a Catholic guy it's the it's the coming of the apocalypse to have <laughs> candy canes that are flavored like this I saw another crazy one too but you don't like mint though so you don't like candy canes anyway right I actually like the uh, rainbow candy canes oh yeah they're the not, sweet they're not the sweet ones right yeah they're not mint so my I, kids I eat those, those. Yeah, okay. Those are I, much, I know which ones. Much better. Much and those better. are acceptable because they're sweet. Okay. Yes. We're not we're not eating meat flavored candy. <laughs> meat fla- meat flavored candy. Now, I love bacon. Like, for example, I think bacon is great almost on everything, but not good mm-hmm. in candy. Don't give me a bacon candy cane. Don't mm-hmm. give me bacon cake. Like they have mm-hmm. bacon donuts. You ever seen the bacon, the maple with I've the bacon? Now I know mm-hmm. maple goes with bacon, but not on a donut. What is no. what is wrong with people, dude? This is terrible. Oh. I the- I I logged up a Twitter after I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it's 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 craziness out there. Uh, all right, so we're back. We're talking Raiders football. We're gonna do real quick uh, for those of you listening to us, to us on the audio podcast. We're gonna cut away and we're gonna bring you our game preview. Raiders at the Steelers on Christmas Eve. Here is our producer correspondent David Stepanian. Coming off a win for the ages against New England just over 20 years after the Tuck game, the Raiders head to Pittsburgh on the 50th anniversary of another win for the ages, albeit with the Raiders on the losing end of that one. Yes, it's been 50 years since one of the most memorable plays in NFL history, the Immaculate Reception, and all eyes will be on Heinz Field as the Silver and Black take on the Steelers in a holiday primetime matchup. Coach Josh McDaniels knows how consistency will be key to pulling off an upset. You know, we, we need to be able to go out and 
call a play in the huddle and, you know, break the huddle and get to the line of scrimmage and, you know, snap the ball without penalty before the, the play clock's down. So, um, no, there's just, you know, we can't we can't do that, you know, not 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 in consistently play good offense, you know. So it just isn't something that's like, you know, it's happening every week. But, you know, it, you know, for me, if it happened in week one, I would be pissed. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's not something where it, you need, you know, 12 games to fix it. You know, the reality is, is it's a fundamental aspect of playing offense, defense or special teams is playing without committing penalties. And so, you know, we've talked a lot about. You know, it's hard to win until you stop from losing, and penalties obviously are a way for you to hurt yourself and your team. So, um, you know, we don't coach them. You know, we're going to continue to coach the right techniques. Um, we harp on that. You guys obviously saw us running laps and all that kind of stuff in training camp. So, um, you know, that doesn't stop. So um, we just got to go back to, you know, the fundamental part of, you know, executing the snap and not committing a foul prior to it. And, um, there's no shortcut to it, though. Rookie first-round QB Kenny Pickett is expected to return this week after being injured against Baltimore two weeks ago. Josh Jacobs continues to lead the league in rushing with nearly 1,500 yards, and Derek Carr tied a season high with three TDs against the Pats. And he'll be the first to tell you it's not how you start, but how you finish. We're just every day, honestly, we're trying to do the right thing. Um, we're trying to get all the right guys and everyone on the same page to do the right thing every day. Because when we do, when, when everybody does the right thing, the results are good, you know. And I'm, I'm not talking just a game, I'm talking a play, you know. Um, you know, to do the right thing, but it sounds, it's familiar. You know, we talked about the same thing 12 months ago, you know. Um, we have to keep playing and, um, you know, is it guaranteed? No. I mean, you know, a lot of things got to go our way. We got to work really hard and win this week. And so, it starts with my preparation tonight, you know, on the Steelers and, you know, moving on. You know, I get to enjoy it with my teammates. And then as soon as I'm out of here, it's over. And so, um, you know, I think as long as we keep that focus um, and stay stay true to what we believe in as a team and who we are. And I mean, Josh's message, we, we believe in it and we do it. Um, he'll give us the keys to win the next game and hopefully we can keep it going. The Raiders are 5-2 all-time against Mike Tomlin with their last loss against the Steel Curtain coming in 2015. They beat the Steelers at Heinz Field just last year. The Steelers are a two-point home favorite with kickoff slated for 5 o'clock Pacific on Christmas Eve and temperatures expected to hit below 10 degrees. Can the silver and black unwrap an early Christmas gift? The loser of this game will likely be eliminated from playoff contention. For Silver and Black Today, I'm David Stepanian. All right, welcome back. Thank you, David, for that uh, preview of the game. Mo, this game, uh, you know, not exactly two teams um, that are seriously fighting for the playoffs, but they're alive for the playoffs, so they all think they have a chance at the playoffs. So the TV networks are building it up as like some big game for the But really, it's just a fun Christmas Eve game between two old AFC rivals, but you look at this, we already talked about the weather, the disadvantage. To me, that's the biggest disadvantage um, outside the control of the Raiders uh, that, that they're going to face there in Pittsburgh. Uh, but what else are you seeing from this Pittsburgh Steelers team and how they've been able to play uh, uh, despite lots of deficiencies on offense for the Steelers? But the Steelers, under Mike Tomlin, Mo, always play pretty good football, even when they're deficient in talent. I will say that the statistics for the Steelers defense may be a little out of whack, uh, mm. out of skew, because at the beginning of the year, they 
they didn't have TJ Watt for a large chunk of the first yeah. half of the season. Now that he's back, they have a pretty good dynamic duo on the edge with him and Highsmith. I believe it's Alex Highsmith. Alex, yeah. And of course, Cameron Hayward in the middle. So they have guys who can get to the quarterback. And as we know, I don't know if Alex Bars is going to be playing Saturday. We don't know if Dylan Parham is going to be playing. But what happened in the second half of that Patriots game we talked about in the last show? They were able to get inside on that Raiders offensive line and, and put pressure on Derek Carr. So I would look out specifically for that. TJ Watt, Highsmith, and Hayward getting pressure on Carr because if they're able to do that, it could be a long day. It could be a long night for the, for the Raiders, even on the ground, because those guys can penetrate and get Jacobs in the backfield. Well, and Mo, we look at that, and, and you're absolutely right as far as that offensive line goes. Uh, and it looks like Jermaine Illuminor will be back, right? Too. It looks like he's been healthy on, pra- on the on the practice injury list, so it looks like they'll get him back. And Alex, as valuable as gold bars. Uh, to you, um, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. If they can get back to full strength there, that'll be a huge win for the Raiders just going into the game. But knowing what the Steelers do well, you pointed it out, that could be rough for them as well. What about on that back end? If Derek Carr does have time to throw it, what do the Steelers look like in the defensive backfield with Devontae Adams, with Hunter Renfro, with Darren Waller now, those guys going into their second game back from IR? Uh, could they have a field day if they can get the ball out of the pocket? Absolutely think so. I wrote about this on the column that went up today. Uh, we placed our bets on that Steeler Raider game. And I mentioned that having a full house, I know people say, oh, it's a little too late. Having that full house of Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, Devontae, as you just talked about, even Foster Moreau and Mac Hollins, uh, having those guys on the field all together, I think helps bodes well for the Raiders offense when they can get down the field. As we know, Derek Carr is one of the best play action quarterbacks in the league. A lot of people don't talk about this. The film guys do. Mm-hmm. But he's one of the best play-action quarterbacks in the league. Once you get that run game going, or at least force the Steelers to respect the run game, then you can take shots down the field. Now, he may not, Derek Carr may not throw 25 times in the cold, but if you can get 10 good passes deep downfield, I think that'll be enough to shake up that Steelers secondary, which is shaky because the, the strength of the Steelers' off defense is in the front seven. On the back end, they've been very shaky. And that's why when T.J. Watt wasn't playing, they were giving up a lot of points, a lot of the yards through the airs because their cornerbacks, they don't have a lead cornerback to me that can match up with Devontae Adams one-on-one. They're going to have to double-team him, and that's going to leave Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Matt Collins getting some opportunities on the outside. Well, let's switch to the offense now for the Steelers. The quarterback position, of course, Ben Roethlisberger gone, retired. Um, They, of course, drafted Kenny Pickett, who's been up and down, has played this year. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, who never attained uh, his value as far as being a high first-round draft pick. Uh, Mason Rudolph also there still as well in Pittsburgh. Looking at that offense, Najee Harris, you talked about the running back, good player. The offensive line for the Steelers seems to be up and down. They seem to be having some issues there as well, like the Raiders are. What are the Raiders' defense going to be looking at? The defense of the Raiders, we talked about the last show, as maligned as it has been, and yes, it's imperfect, giving up late drives and so on. But again, in five games, the Raiders' defense has only given up 21 points once and not given up more than 17 four times. Uh, What does that matchup look like between the Raiders defensively and the Pittsburgh Steelers offensively? Now, you brought those numbers in a previous show and saying the Raiders' defense is not as bad as a lot of people think it is, and I and I agree with you there. And I think the Raiders' defense should be able to handle the Steelers' offense because it's not explosive. You started with uh, talking about Kenny Pickett. He missed last week, and Mitch Trubisky was in against the Panthers, but that was the Panthers. Kenny Pickett, as you mentioned, up and down. I believe he's, he has four touchdown passes and eight interceptions. Mm-hmm. 
Now he can move the ball down the field with his with his playmakers. He has Deontay Johnson on the outside, has Pat Fryer moved at tight end. He has George Pickens at wide receiver, the rookie uh second rounder. But with Kenny Pickett, he is still on the job. He's still learning how to be a, a NFL starting quarterback. So I think the Raiders, if they can get some pressure on him, now he can move, so you have to count for him and his legs. But they can get some pressure on him. They can force him to make some error throws. I believe guys like Deron Harmon, maybe Trayvon Merrick turns the corner. Those guys can force some turnovers if they can hang on to some interceptions on the back end because Kenny Pickett is going to make some mistakes. The strength of the Steelers right now is they were able to get their run game back going with Najee mm-hmm. Harris over the past few weeks. Now, if they bottle him up and they force Kenny Pickett to beat them, I think the Raiders would take that any day of the week. Well, and that that's what concerns me, though, is if you look at last week against the Patriots, Patriots offense, too, is not uh, lighting the, the world on fire either, but they were able to run the ball huge, big time. Yep. And to me, that's I, I see some similarities between the Steelers and the Patriots and how their mm-hmm. offenses are running. It, they, they're not consistent in passing the ball, but they can run the ball effectively. And if the Raiders um, are doing that, this could be another close, especially with the weather, close, low-scoring game is what I expect it to be. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, the Steelers ran for 154 yards plus in two of their last three. So yeah. they're, they're able to go downhill. So this cold weather game is, to me, it's going to be a battle of which team gets their running game going and, and how do they play off of the, of the run game. As I mentioned, the Raiders can use play action off of that and get Devontae Adams and Mac Hollins and Hunter Renfro and Darren Wall and all those guys involved. If they can attack with, with some balance, I think the Raiders – should I don't want to say run away with the game, but they should be able to handle the steals on the road. Yeah, and 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 the other issue besides the cold is the wind. The wind initially was not; it's going to be windy, but not extremely windy. But now the weather reports continue to change as this big storm gets ready to the wall up the Midwest and the Eastern Seaboard uh, over the Christmas weekend. And so, if that wind kicks up, Mo then to me, this is the kind of game uh, we saw. Remember last year in Cleveland with the Raiders, with the rain and the uh, wind, uh, and, and it, came, it came, really came down to running the ball, some key plays, and turnovers. I think that's going to be another issue here as the Raiders' defense is going to, be, has going to have to try to get a takeaway here or there. And the Raiders' offense, you can't afford to put the ball on the ground or, or to, to throw a pick in this one against the Steelers. Now, I know Derek Carr threw a pick six in the last game against the Patriots, but looking at the entire season, the Raiders have been pretty good. I believe while you were out, I pointed this out, that mm-hmm. even though the Raiders are the most, one of the most penalized teams in the league, they have one of the fewest turnovers. They don't turn the ball over very much, the Raiders. They're, they're way at the bottom of the league when it comes to turnovers. So they've, they've done a good job of protecting the football, and Josh McDaniels has harped on that during the offseason. So I think when it comes down to the turnover battle, the Raiders had the edge there because – you're you're comparing, not comparing, but you're matching up a, a nine-year quarterback. Again, I know Derek Hart threw the pick six, and everyone's focused on that. But Kenny Pickett, eight interceptions, four TDs. He's going to make some mistakes. If you get yeah. a little pressure on him, he is going to give you a chance to intercept that football. And I think the Raiders just have to pounce on those opportunities. And if they do, they'll be able to blow the game open. Yes, yes. And I, I here's my prediction, Mo. 
I'm going to predict, and, and this is, goes against my better judgment. <laughs> I'm going to predict the Raiders 17-13 <laughs> over the Steelers. So it's going to be low-scoring game again. And I know people are going to laugh and say, you think they're going to hold the Steelers to 13 points? And I say, yes, they will. Because the last four games, four out of five, they've held teams to 17 or less. And the, and the Steelers are not very good on offense right now. So uh, even if they run the ball effectively uh, and gain some yards, if they 150 yards, whatever, I still think the Raiders could keep it because I, th- I don't think the, the, the Steelers are going to be able to pass the ball as effectively as they would like. One thing I will say that, you mentioned the win, right? Mm-hmm. The Raiders are going to have to be efficient in the red zone because oh. I don't think they're going to be kicking 55-yard field goals in those <laughs> conditions. So either team. So both teams are going to have to be really good at once they get inside the 20. And, you know, to, to the Raiders' credit, they they converted. I believe I wrote about this. Matt Collins had that five-yard TD catch mm-hmm. inside the 20. So we'll see where the Raiders are as far as the red zone is concerned. I'll, I'll say Raiders win 21-17. 21 so okay so you're in the and, same range i am as far as the right. scoring about the same yeah about the same so notice what I, about, about that score no field goals for the raiders I, I i feel like they have to score touchdowns so they score three touchdowns the Steelers score two touchdowns and kick a field goal up close maybe out of you know from 25 30 yards out yeah and by the way kicking the ball in a temperature like that that thing is like a rock yes so yes. not only if you have the wind blowing it but man that that's that's a tough kick it's a tough mm-hmm. kick, so that's why I only got them having one field goal. All right, so there you go. We both picking the Raiders in this one uh, on Christmas Eve. All right, Mo, you ready? You ready for um, my uh, my my pros here? Are you ready for "Twas the Night Before Raider Nation" Christmas? I wish I had my silver and black, you know, Christmas hat or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot all about it. I would have put it on and got in the mood for this. Oh know? well, I'm I I got some music for you though. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna can he put it on? There we go. This course is Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. For those of you who are into the Nutcracker. Anyway, just for background music. All right, so here we go, Raider Nation. Get your cocoa, your coffee, your drink, whatever you're drinking. All right. Twas the night before Raiders Christmas, when all through Allegiant Stadium, not a playoff berth was stirring. Not even a wild card chance. The silver and black helmets were hung by the locker with care in the hopes that St. Al Davis soon would be there. The Raiders players were all nestled and snug in their beds while visions of Lombardi trophies danced in their heads and Mark Davis in his white jeans eating chicken wings, Coach McDaniels in his visor, and GM Ziegler on the phone had just settled their brains finally looking for some O-line help. When out on the roof there rose such a clatter, I sprang from the press box to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutter and threw up the sash. The moon on the sparkling lights of the strip gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a long black Cadillac with bright chrome wheels and a shield on the hood and eight Raiders greats riding in tow. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Al. More rapid than eagles in his Fleetwood, it came 
and he winked and shouted and called them by name. Now Gannon, now Stabler, now Long and Jackson, on Branch, Owen Brown, on Blanda and Casper. To the top of the goalpost, to the top of the goalpost he went, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the desert wind fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the Death Star, the coursers they flew with a caddy full of Raider greats and Al Davis too. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the translucent roof, the running and pounding of each Raider greats shoes. As I drew my head around, turning quickly, down through the lanai door, St. Al Davis came with a bound. He was all dressed in black from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all crisp, clean, and there was not a sign of soot. A bundle of draft cards, free agent contracts flung on his back, and he looked like a football maverick just opening his pack. His silver sunglasses, oh, how they twinkled. His snarl, how scary his cheeks were chiseled, his nose sniffing for talent. His scrawling mouth was drawn up like a warrior, and the gait of his walk meant business. The stump of a pen he held tight in his teeth, and the notes about speed and agility encircled his head like a wreath. He had an air of excellence and a steely resolve that shook the rest of the league as they figured out how to solve. He was commanding and focused and forthright leader with guts, and I nodded when I saw him in awe of the sight. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the lockers, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside his nose and giving a nod of the grandstands, he rose. He sprang to his caddy to his team, gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him explain, ere he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all in Raider Nation, a good night, and remember, just win, baby. All right, there you go. Merry Christmas. Thanks for real. Uh... There you go. <laughs> what other Raiders show gives you a Raider-specific Christmas Christmas guy like we do? I, I'm telling you, see? See? Now, I won't sing to them because then they would never listen again. But, um, yeah, we, well, I, I, you know, I did that several years ago, and I just decided that I'm going to do it for forever until yeah. I don't do the show anymore. Yeah. But, anyway, we have fun with it, and... Um, one of these days, I'll be able to change it to where it's about a playoff win or something. But oh. <laughs> it works out good. But, but Mo, I think that, you know, the, you go, the Raiders going, it's always special when your team plays on a holiday, right? Because everybody's home. Mm -hmm. You're with loved ones. You're with family. You get to watch your team. Now, I'm hoping the Raiders do win because, you know, to be able to go to bed on Christmas Eve or into Christmas morning for some folks, depending where you're at, uh, is a lot better uh, than having to go to bed for Christmas and your team lost. Especially if one of your Christmas gifts is the jersey of a person who makes a mistake. <laughs> so can you imagine <laughs> Mac Hollis jersey and he fumbled on the two yard line? And oh my goodness. Son, here's your, stuff. yeah, son, here's your Trayvon Mooring jersey. Oh no, he gave up four touchdowns. Yeah, no, exactly. That's true. That's true. But it's interesting too, because I was, I was talking, I was talking at work today in the office about being when I was a kid, like what are like, what were you about as a kid for Christmas? Like what did, when you wanted the gift at Christmas, what was it? 
And for me and a couple of the other folks there, some guys, it was trucks or it was cars or it was whatever. And I was always sports stuff, right? I used to get mm -hmm. back in the day when they had the JCPenney and the Sears catalog, you could get the NFL sets with the helmet and the jersey. That was always on my Christmas list. And then any kind of ball. You give me a basketball, you give me a football, you give me baseball, um, all that stuff. What, what, was, what was it for you? Like, what would you want so bad as a kid uh, there in, in New York City uh, for Christmas? So just like you, it was some type of basketball, football, some type of item for sports. And I grew up in the 90s, so I grew up in Super Nintendo. Oh, and yeah. Of, of course, Madden usually comes out in August, but I'm not <laughs> old enough to buy Madden as soon as it comes out. So I would have to wait till <laughs> Christmas to get my copy of Madden. So I would always uh, wait for, you know, the Madden. My my aunt used to wrap up my gifts and, and do a little like, you know, how you do Easter egg hunting for Easter. She would do that with my Christmas gifts. So I would uh, find my Madden video game, my NBA Live video game. And I used to, not, I wasn't a big Jersey guy, but a couple of years I had a, I had a couple of jerseys. I do have a Jerry Rice Raiders jersey hanging in Ooh. my closet to this day. I also have a, a personalized jersey with my last name on it hanging also in my closet. Maybe I'll bring those out eventually. Who knows? But um, Yeah, that's some background it, material there, brother. Yeah, yes, definitely. So it was jerseys, anything dealing with sports and video games were my big thing on Christmas. It was the number one thing I was looking for, especially that Madden copy. Yeah, video games. But if I tell you what video games I was bought, I was asking for, it'll age me. Uh, but yeah, no, <laughs> Super Nintendo, uh, yep. absolutely. I mean, and that was funny too. So I had somebody say, you know, my Christmas music was Super Mario Brothers. Ding, 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 ding. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I remember getting even a Game Boy, right? That was right. a big deal too. So yeah, it's it's fun. And and it's always such a great time of the year. And and again, for me, it's it's mostly... Uh, about family and and being together. My son, my my daughter, home. Everybody's here, so the whole family's here, which is awesome. And I know your uh, family is gathering yeah. around too. And and all of everybody out there in Raider Nation, hope you have a wonderful Christmas. And Mo, we're gonna you, you got to work, of course, on Saturday, and so, you're working Sunday too, right? Working a little bit on Sunday, more so yeah. on Saturday because that's the big NFL day. There are yeah. some. Let me just say there are some bad nfl christmas games there after are. after that dolphins packers game yeah you're getting some you're getting the broncos and the rams both those teams are eliminated yeah you're getting the buccaneers who are struggling against the cardinals <laughs> i believe without the I quarterback. Mean, without without the quarterback they're in a third string quarterback so yeah it, after the raider game on christmas eve just enjoy yourself and your family don't even bother yeah. don't even bother with the christmas games because they're not worth it that's right. Absolutely. And so we're we're going to be away uh, until next week. I may end up dropping something after the game or something. We'll see, uh, depending if Santa's hit our house yet. Uh, but but none, but nonetheless, if not, we will be back on Tuesday uh, for another edition of the show here. Uh, and we'll, of course, get into a game breakdown and let you know uh, our thoughts on how the Raiders and Steelers went down. Mo, have a wonderful Christmas, my friend, and we will talk to you next week. Absolutely. Happy holidays to you and your family and everyone listening for donation that have helped us on this network to be the number three podcast on the network. So we thank you and we're thankful. Yes, for everything we are. That you do for us. We are thankful. And next week we'll be able to uh, kind of wrap up the year, which, of course, uh, since Odyssey launched this NFL network of podcasts this this summer. 
uh, the year will come to a close. And and yeah, we've, we've reached numbers that we never thought we would. And so we are incredibly thankful and feel blessed that you guys all support us. And thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, all right, we're going to take off. And I want to wish you and yours again a Merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. I know you'll still get to spend some time with your family. Happy Hanukkah to those out there who celebrate it as well. For all of us here, including our producer and correspondent, David Stepanian, Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. Merry Christmas, Raider Nation. Have fun. Enjoy the game on Christmas Eve, and we will talk to you next week.